1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cinema Royale.
2: It's a new day. And I see levels for that the, Is That what we were gonna play. I thought that was, Is that oh. the music we came into? We 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 came into. <laughs> I thought
1: you had said you wanted me to play bagpipes, like to, Oh Johnny Boy. To, boy for, to be huh? very sad for today, to play Johnny Boy. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, D- oh, Danny Boy. I mean, oh, Danny Boy. There you go. <laughs>
2: I'm sure that's playing somewhere, mm. some some with someone who was upset.
1: No, you can't play that on the banjo. But it ain't so. me. <laughs> you can't play Danny Boy in the banjo, so I don't think that one's been. Maybe something else. Um, anyway, it really,
2: I mean, and all all joking aside, it really does kind of feel like a new day. It it does feel different. I
1: it know. does, but
2: I've said before that it feels like a weight has, has been. It, it feels like a three hundred pound orange man has been sitting on my chest for four years, and now he's. He has been forcibly removed and now I can, I can uh, breathe again. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: I can get with that. But I, I just I, I hope that we keep striving for better because, um, you know, obviously we went with the best decision and, and a, a good politician and all that good stuff. But I just, I still feel like we can do a lot better than the options we've had in the last few years. I, I don't feel like we've seen anything as different as we did, like when Obama first came on, even if he was cut from the same cloth. Felt different. And it feels like we were like, oh, okay, we got rid of the dictator, but we're back to an old, um, you know, 75 year old white guy um, with a blue suit. I mean, not, not to turn this into, uh, into me. We do every week. So but, what's the difference? But to be, but
2: to be fair, um, <laughs> Biden, I, I said this the other day and I'll stick to it. And Biden was not my first, second, third, fourth, or fifth choice to mm-hmm. be president initially uh, to come out of the Democratic primary. But, um, but, I feel like at this moment, right now, he might be the perfect guy for it because he's such a transitional figure, and I think that's what we need. Um, yeah, I think we need to transition away from the extremism that Trump brought, and I hopefully this is a transition to something a little bit more, uh, a little bit more progressive. That's my hope.
1: Well, most Biden, importantly,
2: Biden is, a, Biden is a is a is a is a moderate, same way Barack Obama was a moderate, right? And that's why they got along so well. But uh, he he needed Biden to be to ease people itch over to him by right. I and mean, Obama, and now I think we're going to need Biden to transition over to something else. Maybe it's a black woman or just a woman in general. We need Biden to make it be that transitional figure, and he's good at that because he's somebody that every everybody in the office respects. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they're going to treat his presidency like dirt, which a lot of them are, they respect him. So even if it's competitive and nasty in terms of policy, mm-hmm. um, I expect it'll be civil in
1: terms of personal attacks for the most part. Which is, which what we did is a huge leap last, ahead. I mean, that's everything else aside, and I, I know when I say everything else aside, I'm, I'm glossing over some very major issues. One of my biggest problems is just, I, you used to be able to look up and be like, Man, I, I would like my child to be president of the United States. It's a class, yeah. it's the ultimate of class and sophistication. And let's not forget the most important thing about Biden guy looks damn good in aviators. He can rock a suit in aviators. So, and what president, what good president, I mean, you've got um, uh, uh, Bill Pullman in Independence Day, you've got Harrison Ford in any one of his movies, they all look good in aviators. Obviously, that's the most important thing. Um, we are going to get slightly political on a different level today when we talk, you know, some of the things we got to talk about today. I'm interested to see where our conversation goes on Johnny Depp's uh, departure from Fantastic Beasts yeah. and where to find them. Uh, we've got The Mandalorian to talk about. We've got reviews for Let Him Go and, and Proxima. two episodes
2: of The Mandalorian in the bank that we need to talk about. Yes,
1: yes. So where I do you want al- to start? I
2: completely forgot about I forgot about this week's episode. Um, mm-hmm. I, it just it slipped my mind for a second, and I was like, it was like three o'clock on on Friday morning. I was like, oh shit, Mandalorian mm-hmm. is, is on again. So I need to watch it. Uh, so yeah, so we got, uh, we got a lot more stuff to talk about this week than we do movies, because I don't know what you saw other than... Let
1: I Him saw Go. both of the things we have queued up. Um, uh, okay,
2: so you bought, you saw Let Him Go and Proxima.
1: Yeah, it was a late Friday Sweet.
2: night. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, they sent me a really cool swag box for Let Him Go.
1: Okay, so, you gotta explain this to me, because what, what does a swag box for Let Him Go sound, look like? Oh, sure, hold on one second. All right, yeah, let's, let's figure this out, because... Let him go. Uh, for those who don't know, it's it's a movie that starts out like a drama and turns into almost like a re- revenge flick. It's it stars um, uh, Kevin Costner and uh, Diane Lane. It stars Ma
2: and Pa Kent.
1: Which I didn't. It didn't click. I watched this entire movie. It didn't click to me until the next day that Ma and Pa Kent were back together again in this. Here's film. the box. Okay, let him go. Watch the movie. That doesn't Thank seem like focus. an ominous package to rob on your desktop.
2: Okay, so in the box,
1: we have... It's our very first unboxing video. This is kind of cool. Whiskey whiskey rocks. Whiskey
2: rocks, nice. Yeah. So next time I want to have some whiskey, I can- Pop a rock. These bad boys. A really extremely
1: soft blanket. I can actually tell how soft that is from over here just by the weave on it. It's pretty ridiculous. (laughs) you going to do the rest of the show with like, it draped over you like that?
2: <laughs> I imagine it's like the one that he draped over her in that one scene in yeah. the movie. Um, beef jerky?
1: Beef beef jerky. Can't go wrong with that.
2: Beef jerky. Yeah. Chalet. It's a place I don't know. Chalet Market of Montana, but it sounds fancy.
1: Yeah, it sounds much more fancy than um, the, the kind I get from Walmart's uh, yeah. checkout shelf. And... Uh, The book. Oh, nice! Is script script adaptation or or novel?
2: It's the. uh, It's a it's a novel, it's the novel.
1: I love the screen. Usually around, well, hell, around this time of year, um, I you know I didn't even realize it's already November. It's screener season already, and I have no idea what that's going to look like this year. But one of the things we get every screener season is a very jam also. Oh God, now now you sold me. Is um, they'll oh, send us okay. like, a, so, some of the stuff we get these really really nice hardcover um, production books that have these super high glossy. I, I'll have to we'll have to yeah, do a video. Not, so not sure to how show many of those things we're
2: going to get this year.
1: Yeah, but one I'm, of the I'm, other I'm things I'm very that...
2: curious. I'm very curious because I've got th- I got this, and I also got a really really nice um, uh, package from from the front of the movie Wind or Wolf Walkers. Mm. Uh, it's coming out. It's got like all these. It's it's almost like an art box, but it's got like a lot of art supplies in it, but it's also got food in it too. So I need to like really look at it.
1: Yeah. So I've
2: got I'm I'm getting some things swag wise for this award season. They're trying to win when it's over. Oh, so just let um, them go. Was not, this for the release
1: run. or was this for for awards? You think?
2: I think these are just for the release. But I think at this point, I think anything that's for the release is for awards as well.
1: Fair enough. Um, the,
2: yeah. the landscape is pretty slim this year, so I imagine that's probably what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so getting some stuff. But yeah. in terms of, like, the... Remember, we, we would always get, like, the pack packages of, of, of like, CDs.
1: Probably yeah, 40 loose moved. DVDs sitting in there,
2: yeah. Yeah, we've already gotten some of our our screeners. That are, our word screeners are coming in digitally. In fact, mm-hmm. most of them are, it seems like, which sucks. But I, I just want to make
1: everybody jealous in the world for a second. Uh, the other day, we got an email. Uh, we've already got access to the Star Wars Holiday Special. How you like us now? I got that in... Uh, and oh, did you not get that too? No, I have not check my email in a day or two. Yeah, so Disney <laughs> Disney Plus sent out a uh, um, a press email for the holiday special. Oh, which it's, is in our,
2: it's, our, it's in our it's our Disney Plus screener queue.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, sweet. Okay. And um, and uh, it's it's Lego um because you know the holiday special for anybody that doesn't the trailer up on the site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if for anybody that doesn't know, and if you're watching a movie show, I gotta imagine you do know that the Star Wars holiday special that came out in 1980 or 1979, I believe, is iconically bad. Uh, it gave us Boba Fett, awful. who we'll talk about a little later this morning. Um, but other than that, it was it was about Chewie going home for like Life Day with Life his Wookiee family. Um, who yeah, we, we Life never Day see. like
2: the Kashkik version of of uh, of, of Christmas. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it
1: was it was really comically bad. bad. It it's featured really bad, Carrie so. Fisher. Just just bolted out of her mind on coke and uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. But you know, we, so everybody wondered if, if Disney Plus was going to release it. They still haven't done that, but they have come back with a Lego holiday special, kind of to to reclaim the name, I guess. So I guess that's a good segue to go right into Mandalorian.
2: I think it's also a good way to show to to do something like that and not have to worry about bringing back the cast, really, because the the voice cast, who who, most of them are not, were not happy with their Star Wars experience in the first place. Yeah, Um, so that's probably a good way to still use those characters and not have to worry about bringing the people back who didn't like working on Star Wars. Yeah, so (laughs) like none of the voice people from the like, no, like Daisy Ridley's not there. There's no John Boyega, Oscar Mm -hmm. Isaac. They're all all the characters being voiced by other people. But uh, but there are other people who are there who like like Billy Dee Williams is voicing
1: Lando and Anthony Daniels is C-3PO so some people are there well Anthony Uh, Daniels I mean he's been the flag bearer for Star Wars since I don't know you know he never really stopped you know in between 2005 and 2015 we had a 10 year stretch where there's no new Star Wars (laughs) stuff Uh, but he was still out there I I remember my wife took me to got me tickets one year to Star Wars live orchestra thing and he was he was hosting it you know so he, he never really put down the banner and was taking it back and forth if you were if you were involved with star
2: wars would you put it put the banner down or would you just who are you talking to no i'm not even career would you just let your careers like you know what my career is uh nothing but star wars nobody knows me for anything else but this yeah it's like this you know what and that's okay yeah you know what
1: say what you will about about i know we always make fun of me about supernatural but that's one of the things i always respected about the supernatural guys they had the the wherewithal to say you know what i'm a star (laughs) on a cw show which means i'm a star now but if i leave here the odds of success are very, very small. So I'm just going to stay here for 15 years on this silly show about two brothers hunting ghosts, uh, and yeah, that's the same not, thing. That they they're think
2: not is. that talented. So I mean, it's they're, they're really they're not. I mean, Jensen
1: Ackles is. Uh, Jared they, Padalecki is not they, a good actor.
2: They're lucky they fell into that show. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, you,
1: you have an uncouth hatred for these boys, the Winchester <laughs> brothers.
2: It's not like it's not it's not it's not like it was a, like it was a, a great show like Charmed or something.
1: <laughs> oh, really, like the wife, the really. Wife,
2: they, Nobody thinks fondly of Supernatural the way they think of, the, they think of Charmed.
1: You know what? So, Our, the Nickelodeon show, Are You Afraid of the Dark, had better effects than Charmed, Charmed did. And the
2: acting... Here's the was, difference. Just, Charmed didn't need effects because it had Holly cleavage. Marie Combs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: it had cleavage, just be honest. It should be called cleavage, not Charmed. <laughs>
2: It didn't need effects when you had those women on it. I'm I mean, sorry. You I'm know, surprised that by... Look, you don't want effects if you got those yeah. women on it. You don't I'm need surprised
1: them. that by season seven, they weren't <laughs> just wearing nipple pasties for some witch, witchy reason. Because uh, it was so blatant. Every single time, Alyssa Milano was like, hi, uh, I'm here to do uh, spells. And, oh... I didn't, I didn't right? mind, but still.
2: That was that was really good. Rose uh, Rose McGowan up in that joint too. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Let's let's talk about what we were really supposed to be talking about. Let's Actually, talk about the movies first. Yeah, I, I went to Mandalorian, first. but
1: we had already started talking about Let Him Go, uh, which I you know I started talking about. It's a, it's about Diane uh, Diane Lane and um, Kevin Costner, two parents who lose their son and they need to basically rescue their uh, their their grandson um, from the clutches of a dangerous family living off the grid and. Uh, what, Montana was it? Um, Dakotas, in the Dakotas. Yeah. They're all kind of the same thing to me. South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect. It seemed like a drama at first, but Diane Lane's kind of a badass.
2: There, she is kind of a badass. I mean, they're kind of a badass couple. It's mm-hmm. it's an interesting turn of... Uh, turn of phrase. Not a turn of phrase, but it's an interesting twist on the narrative because it's... You would think that Kevin Costner's character who's this ex-sheriff. He clearly has the sort of background that we associate with a Kevin Costner character. Right. But he's sort of settled into retirement and of kind of avoiding violence. I think it's, he seems like he's, he's become, he's let his life become being her pet bulldog Mm -hmm. and, and keeping her out of trouble. It seems Mm -hmm. like that's like what he's settled his life into, which if your wife is Diane, Diane Lane, you'd be perfectly okay with that. You'd be perfectly okay with that yep uh, <laughs> but the movie presents itself like in in promos and things like that as a kind of a taken style revenge movie but it's really not that mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's more of a drama with a couple of, with some thriller elements to it and i found myself really liking it um, even though they didn't really flesh out either of their characters they they're the black ledges i believe their last name is mm-hmm. black Ledges. I didn't really flesh them out, but I realized they didn't have to, because when you cast Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, like, it's like the backstory kind of fills itself in.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like,
2: I don't need to know, like, I do imagine them as Mon Pa Kent from Man of Steel. Like, I just kind of do it. I kind Mm. of fill it in. Kevin Costner, he has a long history of playing these sorts of aging hero type characters. You know, these guys who've... Who fought for the law for years and have kind of settled into something else? Yeah, he's played these guys before, so we don't need them to fill in any backstory for us. It's kind of already baked in. Yeah, um, which I kind, which I kind of dug about it that he didn't waste that kind of time. <clears throat> but there's also this sort of this theme that's kind of weaved into the movie. This theme of, you know, America's dream and things that are lost or taken and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's not just the child who is. Their last soul connection to their dead son, mm-hmm. um, but also like uh, like people's heritage and things like that. And you see that in the Native American character played by Boo Boo Stewart, uh, who kind of lives off the grid.
1: I just can't you know, say his name his, without laughing his
2: home. Yeah, I know his name's funny, but um, but you know he's had he's basically had his whole. whole culture everything about himself stolen from him when he was taken and put in those
0: say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
1: Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire,
1: huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Native American uh,
2: schools from the 1960s 50s 60s. Um, and then you have the uh, the 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 wee boys or the, whatever their, their names were. Which their Wee name Boy, is yeah.
1: Too. Wee Boy. And it's that's Wee not like boys. a group, like we're the Wee Boys, like little boys. Yeah. It's it's the last Wee, name. It's W-E-B-O-Y. Wee Boys
2: who are like this, who are basically like hillbilly Corleums. Yeah. You know? Jeffrey, yeah. Donovan, who,
1: yeah. Jeffrey Donovan, who on the much underrated, um, uh, what was it called? It's so underrated, he's I can't somebody, remember the name. The show. is this...
2: somebody to um, to play somebody who can be uh, uh, like Eddie Haskell. Like he's mm-hmm. just like... Phony, phony, charming mm-hmm. with a really toothy grin. Yeah. Is Jeffrey, Jeffrey Diamond. He was good in Sicario too in his, in his small
1: role in that What was National his National show National. that I can't remember the name of now? I, I started watching it. it was good. No, <coughs> oh, the Burn one that was on Notice. USA. Burn, Notice.
2: Yeah yeah, Burn yeah. Notice. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good show. Yeah, she was. He was really good in that. But um, the Wee Boys are, are, are about. Uh, loss as well and, and things that are taken away except they're the ones who are doing the taking right um people who have probably spent their entire their family's entire generation thieving from the land and thieving from the country um not really doing much to, to do anything for anybody else but themselves so the taking of the child is just like just another aspect of that. Right. And I think these are, these are really interesting ideas that the movie presents itself. It's not an action movie. So if you go into it expecting an action movie, you're not going to get it. Yeah. but not it. violence. The violence when violence does happen, violence is brutal and the violence is meaningful. <laughs> yeah. When it does happen in the movie.
1: But you know what? What kind of clicked in my head watching this, especially with uh, Boo Boo Stewart's character, uh, Peter. Um, is it's been so long since we've had a movie about the Native American experience in this country after, you know, colonialism. And Kevin Costner brought us one of the last great ones, which was Dances with Wolves, and that was freaking 30 years ago. And isn't it a bit strange in the world we live in now where everybody's a bit more open to representation and, and righting wrongs and things like that, that we don't have more films about Native Americans and the fact that they're still... You know, on reservations, and it's some of the highest, you know, rates of, of drug addiction, and their their schools are crap, and all this other stuff that we've done with them. Um, and Boo Boo Stewart, as much as I laugh at his name, other than the Disney stuff he's done, obviously, I've liked the guy every time I see him on screen. I think you know he if if he yeah, sees that and gets some kind of producing role going to uh, to do some some films about the Native American um, you know populace of this country, um, you know whether it's now or period. Um, oh, why you
2: gotta put it all on him? Because he's Native American. You gotta put you gotta put it all on his shoulders. Yeah, it's all it's all on him.
1: I, he's the only one I know. I don't very know. any other trained, Native Americans. Very Native It's Very white of you to expect him to have to have to represent no, everybody. No, white of just me would you. be to just think, think just that to I should tell the story. <laughs> if I should tell the story, that would be white of me. <laughs> I like to do I like no, the I, white I thing. <laughs>
2: I like him too. I, I was trying to think of the other things I've seen in a minute. Twilight, like a Twilight one movie. Huh? in that
1: Twilight movie, right? Yeah, he was in Twilight, and he's he's done yeah. a bunch. I actually know him. I'm embarrassed, not embarrassed to say, but because I do have was a six he year old daughter. X-Men? What?
2: Was he in an X Yeah,
1: he was. Um, he was. Um, the portal guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he he was. It was in Days of Future Past. But I know him from all his Disney movies, like Zombies and Descendants, and all that. Um, yes. Yeah, he was in, and he was in Tales of Halloween. He was Warpath. That's who he was. He was
2: Warpath. That's mm. right. It's I, the reason why I didn't I didn't even think about that is because he's one of those he's one of those actors that I can't I can't get it what his age is.
1: Yeah, he's thirteen or thirty type. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you don't right. know. I
2: can't I can't figure him out. Like I don't know what his age is. So when I'm thinking of him as Warpath, I'm thinking of him as older. Mm-hmm. I, I imagined him as younger in this. Yeah, and I imagined him. It seems like it'd be that way every time I see him. Like I'm not sure what his age is.
1: Yeah, he so. can <laughs> definitely be a buff eighteen year old or a young looking forty year old. You can't you can't tell <clears throat> at yeah. all. Um, but, yeah, so let them go. I mean, I, I give it a passing grade. I, I like, like, you know, Travis said earlier, guys, don't expect taken. Uh, if you're getting that from the trailer, it's not what you're going to get. In the, look for something, think of it something more thoughtful, something more dramatic. Um, but it does satisfy that violent need uh, that you have. Um, then then it's going to be something for you.
2: You know, I, I tweeted about this, and I, I really like that these sorts of mid budget dramas are coming back. Mm-hmm. because that's what this kind of movie is 20-30 um, years ago this movie would have been a modest sized hit movie oh yeah with with Kevin Costner and Diane Lane in particular in the leads it would, mm-hmm. have, been a, it would have been a pretty decent sized hit but they don't really make movies of this size anymore they don't, they don't do them
1: yeah um, people forget have, what they, movies are included in that group Field of Dreams is one that would have but, been included in that group but Netflix but, is you bringing you back yeah,
2: there's a lot of classic movies that would, would never get made nowadays yeah But uh, or they would just go to streaming which is interesting about this because this one's not available on streaming. It's theaters only. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I would tell you to go risk a, risk yourself to go see it in a the theater, but I would definitely say go check it out when it comes out on digital or
1: something. That's what I had to do but, because um, they still have, uh, thankfully um, I'm still getting uh, at least free press tickets to theaters around me. Uh, RC theaters in Lexington park down here is open and showing it. So I was able to get in and see it there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this
2: is, this is a good one. Uh, I, de- I definitely enjoyed it. So,
1: so Proxima um, is something I had no idea. Uh, it wasn't even on my radar, really, which is surprising because you Ava must Green, not read PunchDrunkCritics. I do, I do. I just don't read every single thing. <laughs> and if something doesn't interest me, like you know, you know. So you're saying Ava
2: Green does she not does. interest I, you? I didn't. This is this is interesting it, news right?
1: to me. No, that and that's what I was <laughs> to say. Is Ava Green is somebody I've you know watched her career with great interest ever since Casino Royale. And she always seems like she's right on the cusp of breaking into international superstardom. I and I guess some people could argue she's already there. But it's just like she, she goes up, goes up, goes up, and then cools off, and then goes up and cools off. She never hits I, that A-list. That... I think
2: – I what want to turn your volume up a little bit, John. But um, okay. your volume's a little low. Well. I think Ava Green is, is exactly where she wants to be.
1: Yeah, that's I get I think that I Ava Green
2: is, done, is doing the things that she wants to do. She doesn't make a ton of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Proxima is probably her biggest film in a, in a little while. And <clears throat> she's received a claim from it. And the thing that was interesting to me, and I, I mentioned this on social media too, this mm-hmm. movie debuted at the same time as Lucy in the Sky a couple of years ago. I believe it was at TIFF. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah, they both played uh, at the same time. Lucy in the Sky got all the attention. This movie kind of sat around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lucy in the Sky is a, is a terrible movie. But they both they both follow similar tracks. They're both about female astronauts mm-hmm. uh, at a time when something, when those things aren't are you know, those kinds of movies aren't really that that uh, prevalent. You realize only one of them is going to get a lot of attention. There's not going to be room for two. So Lucy in the Sky got all the attention. Had the bigger names, of course, and it sucked. It's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. If this movie had come out, this movie had come out by itself at that time and played at the same time as Lucy in the Sky, we probably would have been talking about Eva Green. Uh, getting the awards attention that Natalie Portman was supposed to get but didn't get because the bad she was in a bad movie right this is a much better movie than Lucy in the sky and Ava Green is much better than Natalie Portman was in that
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's a it is about a female astronaut but she's a she's a mother and she's about to she' gets the the chance of a lifetime she's going to the space station and is going to be exploring Mars um, but it means leaving her family behind for at least a year mm-hmm. possibly longer and um, and she has this really devoted daughter, um, and she has to leave him, leave her with her, her ex, who at least initially does not seem like he's up for the task. Um, and this movie is really simple. was directed by Alice Winnicore and she's, um, I can't remember exactly where she's from, but I believe she's, she's, she's French, I believe, I believe. she, she is French. Her name yeah, is French, French at least. She, she is French. Yeah, she's French. And, um she makes these really simple grounded dramas Mm -hmm. and that's what this is. It's basically about her training and all those things that she goes through. And it's about her having to deal with being in an all kind of an all boys club, you know, astronauts because aren't that many female astronauts Mm -hmm. get that kind of um, opportunity. And, And it's about her trying to cope with having to leave her family behind. It's a really simple film, but I like the way that it, it, addresses something that we see all the time in men's movies, men's movies with men, because there have been, especially lately, there have been a bunch of movies about about male astronauts going into space and bringing their family baggage along with them. There have been a bunch of them lately. Uh, But there have not been a bunch of them about women, and this one is uniquely a female movie, uh, from a female perspective. It's not just, let's put her in the suit and just keep doing what we normally do. No, these are issues that you can only do uh from a female perspective so she has to deal with she has to deal with the 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 very real physical limitations of of what she's going through because the the training is not easy right she has to deal with uh the sexism from her colleagues and play by particularly matt Dillon's character matt dylan always plays for the sexist douchey american in these sorts of movies because yeah yeah uh plus he's good at it um So she it deals with those very real issues, things that you don't ever have to deal with in a men's movie, which is like, are you a good a good parent if you leave your kid behind for this for to to achieve your dreams? They never pose that in men's movies. movies. Yeah, it's only for women, and she has to deal with all that stuff. And I found that to be very fascinating.
1: Yeah, as far as we've come, um, you know, with uh, race relations with. not sexual relations. That's that's not the right word. With uh, you know, feminism and all that stuff. What's that? Gender. gender relations. Gender. That's the word I was looking for. See, that's why, why that's why he's a smart one, folks. That's why I'm still here. Um, so yeah, the with gender relations, there's still and and there is something to it that there's a there's a primal, you know, maternal instinct that women have that men don't have. So for to ask a woman, I think, you know, to ask a woman to leave her child for that long, is probably, you know, hits a little harder. A lot of men still have that Oh, well, you know, that's separation ability. Um, but that's not even what I thought the most interesting thing about this film was and what makes it something that we haven't seen. It, the thing that I liked most about it was the, the point of view and that it's a, a European space film. And um, space uh, as far as and, it's, shot, it's shot in real in, yeah uh, in, in actual European uh, space facilities and space is a
2: real place star city is a real place Mm -hmm.
1: um space flight you know everything even though it's the international space station at least in this country we see space travel as a uniquely american thing uh even though it hasn't been from the start you know the whole thing was a space race with the russians and they made it to space first but it's always seemed like a very american thing and to see not only women getting out there because for all mankind uh there's a um Apple TV Plus or Apple Plus TV, whatever they're calling it. There's another show that dealt with, um, you know, females in in um, in, Ash, in astronaut school. In,
2: Sunday, Netflix series away with Hillary. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And it, which didn't do too, I think it was canceled after one season, right? It was right? canceled after one season, yeah. So, um, but the mix of being able to see the, uh, like the, the image we have up there right now should look very familiar to you guys. It's the same exact image as Liv Tyler and... Um, and, um, and John McClane, um, I am blanking on names today. Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis. How do I forget Bruce Willis' yeah. name? It's the same thing, but you know, it's a mom and her daughter. Um, and, and I don't think it's sexist or anything to say that, that you know, a, a mother leaving their children a lot of the times is tougher than a father leaving their children. Um, and to see it from that perspective and to see what she's weighing, that loss, that, that uh, abandonment against and, and going to do this, uh, coupled with the the aspect of it that we haven't seen internationally before is really what made this interesting if nothing else for me.
2: I really like Ava Green in this too. I mean I, I talked about it for hours. she's much better
1: than mm-hmm. Natalie
2: Portman in it. But I like to have her character um, you know we always perceive Ava Green as, as very sexy and she is a very sexy actress. Mm-hmm. But it's not a sexy role. Um, and she and it's not like it's deliberate. I mean and she and she plays a lot of like Ice Queen sort of characters too. Yeah. Um but it's like she's someone who has basically um, not removed her feminine, femininity, femininity.
1: Um, subdued it actually, a little bit, at least, subdued.
2: There's a, there's, a, there's a scene where she talks about wanting to to keep her period when most women would not mm-hmm. um, in that situation that she wants to keep it. It's not that she removes her femininity, it's just that she knows that she has to play, she can't play it up in this situation, not around a bunch of men we're going to be judging her, not around the press that's going to be judging her, right? Um, you know, so she has to kind of play it, play it in like this middle ground where she's either one or the other. She's either she either gives herself over to it completely. Um, there's a scene where she talks about I'm becoming like this 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 uh, alien person or something like that. She talks about that. She either gives herself over to it completely and becomes a completely different person or she plays it for femininity which is which is inappropriate and she's kind of in this middle ground which is really interesting about the entire movie
1: yeah um, and that's another just, point of view
2: It's just a really good movie that has a lot of perspectives that we don't normally get and I, like I said the thing for me that I just really I really took to was this idea that that she's she's judged for things that men don't never get judged for
1: yeah um, and that is and another layer
2: it reminds me of the political landscape we have right now or you know where we have our first woman VP, but she had to deal with them too during the during the primaries, things like that. And Elizabeth Warren had to deal with it questions about your family, as if you know you you you, you could choose one or the other. Like you can choose going for your dream, or you can choose being at home, being near home. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. That's that you know, guys never had to deal with. Yeah, I just thought this movie did that really well without really like hammering it at you.
1: It does yeah. A really good well, I think I think one of the the other layers that was on top of this, and you know, you kind of touched on it with talking about Eva Evergreen and her sexuality. but she is just she's what she has an aura of that sexuality, and that's why she's always cast as like these ice queens, like you said, or these very sexual characters. But um, you know, it kind of touches one of the last uh, holding, like like solidly holding stereotypes, and and that's a woman can either be intelligent or she can be beautiful or she or she can be attractive you know you can't be both of those and if you're attractive you can't be smart um and you know her her wrestling with her femininity throughout this is really parting on that layer um so yeah it's i mean it's it's much much more And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The this guy was, I think. And it's much more than most movies of its type are, um, period, in the story. Agreed. So a
2: couple good ones this week.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
2: I got some really interesting stuff that's coming up, too, because Hillbilly Elegy comes up next week, too, mm-hmm. which is going to be interesting. I watched that the other day. That's coming out. We got Mank coming out. That's David Fincher's movie. I cannot wait to see that. I know we should have. We should have actually got screens for that already, but they didn't want to give them to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least not us. They gave them to Um uh, But we should still get them soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some some interesting stuff coming up. Let's let's uh let's talk about let's talk about the Mandalorian a little bit. Mando. Talked about. We talked about uh, Boba Fett a little bit already. Uh, but we've, yeah. we've had the first two episodes of the Mandalorian. Hmm. I've kind of settled into my groove of, of going ahead and doing the stupid recaps, and <laughs> interviews um, <laughs> every morning. Uh, and I, I really liked the first episode, the first, the, the, the premiere episode.
1: It dug so deep into its Western roots that they've tried to do with this show. I mean, okay. this was all the only thing you didn't have was a swinging saloon door. I mean, you have Timothy Oliphant playing Cobb Vanth, who. Timothy Olyphant is—is there a guy in Hollywood right now with a cooler walk than Timothy Olyphant? I mean, it's almost so, so cool well it's sloppy. I mean, he's just I
2: mean, you know, he Deadwood yeah. justified. Yeah, so Deadwood justified. He's well practiced at at playing lawman
1: and, and Deadwood, and you know, going all the way back. I mean, so he plays Cobb Vanth, who's the essentially the sheriff of, of this town. Um, you know, in Tatooine, which we've been to a million times. There's three main um, cities. There's Mos Espa. Mos Eisley, which is where Luke was in the very first movie, um, and then this third place, whose name escapes me at the moment, big surprise there. But um, you're on
2: ta- you're on Tatooine in your in your background right there, too, aren't you? I
1: am. Well, it's Java's Palace. That's um, that's the the third city, I guess you'd say. But um, and and lots of touches to Jabba's Palace. We actually we open the episode seeing uh, Gamorrean guards uh, who are the guards at the front of Jabba's Palace fighting in like a underground fight club. Um, but essentially. Mando's trying to find other Mandalorians so he can get help bringing the child back to his kind. Um, and what he ends up, he, he gets a tip that there's Mandalorians out here. He arrives, finds out it's not actually a Mandalorian. It's Cobb Vanth wearing found armor. Uh, and that found armor is very familiar. Um, looks like it might have been through the belly of a Sarlacc pit. Uh, obviously the green and red uh, paint scheme is unmistakable as Boba Fett. Um
2: Seeing that armor reminded me how not that impressive that armor looks. <laughs> oh,
1: Mando's I mean, armor like the, when the it's Boba
2: Fett oh. helmet is iconic, of course. And the, yeah, it's, but all that stuff looks so it's old janky,
1: stuff. man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, really? it's thrift store stuff. And yeah, you see,
2: like, this is this is this this is armor is supposed to be really that badass. It when
1: look like it. when you okay. see Boba's armor walking next to Mando, he's got the the the. Chrome Beskar all the way down. It no, it doesn't stand a chance at all to it. And it, to make it even worse, have you ever seen the behind the sc- I should have put this up on our background, but the uh behind the scenes shot of the guy who played Boba Fett, who looks like your high school economics teacher like <laughs> he's got the Boba Fett armor on, he takes it off, and he's just a mousy little dude with, with a, a, a George Costanza haircut and thick glasses. It's like nice. it's disturbing. Um, Did you but like yeah, this
2: first episode, though, I mean, the first episode, I liked it because. It's it it's 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 using the framework that we've seen a lot in, mm-hmm. in this in this series, which is Mando shows up in a town that needs help. He needs something from them. There's an exchange. He helps them yeah. with
1: something. It's very it's, lone it wolf mean, and cub. It's,
2: it's very simple, but it's a good way to reestablish what's going on. And it gave us the crate dragon, which I I was. Which I, I I kind of popped for because I you know I just played both through both uh, nights of the old Republic games, which crate dragons are a factor in both, mm-hmm. and I was like, cool fucking crate dragon, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, so I really dug that aspect of it. It was a really good strong episode. Like I, and it kind of pushed the child to the background a little bit in the first episode. Like mm-hmm. he's there, but he's not like. He's not like the driving focus of this episode at all. Right, right. He's he's I, which more I, of which a. I kind of appreciate it. I, I have a, I have a feeling like they need to keep the child
1: in the background a little bit. Like that's just mm-hmm. my feeling. Well, that um, shows the genius of of uh, Fabro. I mean, because anybody yeah. else in Hollywood, if you have something that's <laughs> selling as many toys as the child is, is going to put that thing front and center. It's going to be called the child show from now on. Well, but he does that in episode
2: two though. In episode two, it is yeah entirely the child, and the child is.
1: It's Frog Lady 2, let's not be unfair. The child is
2: basically, and look, I, I read <laughs> in, my, in my recap and my review of episode 2, which is titled The Passenger, um, I said this is probably my least favorite episode of all of them so far, and it, it, I still think it is. Yeah. Um, and and my, my, my impressions of season 2 right now are that it's going to live and die by the big reveals. Mm -hmm. it's going to live and die by how they handle Ahsoka Tano it's going to live and die by whatever this Sasha Banks character is it's going to live and die by what happens with um, uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character
1: and a reveal that we've already got this season Um, you know at the end of episode one um, obviously the question is we've got Boba's armor where's Boba and then as the Mandalorian is leaving uh, over a ridge we see somebody um, the back of somebody's head watching him leave turns around and it's Tamura Mor- Mor- Morrison who played Django Fett and all the clones in the original, uh, or in the prequel trilogy. And he's supposed to be playing Boba Fett in this. I
2: wish he was not playing Boba Fett in this. I wish he was just being Captain Rex.
1: That would but be awesome. But he, he
2: might still actually play Captain Rex, but we don't know. Um,
1: so to your point, though, um, you know, I liked the first episode. Yeah, I don't know, you know, what, 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 what are your feelings on, because as long as they have the, it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because I, I like these one and done episodes as long as they build up to a, we're assembling the group. Like I was crestfallen last year when Gina Corona showed up for one episode and it felt like we weren't going to see her again. Same thing with, um, with uh, Apollo Creed, you know, if he wasn't going to show back up, I was going to be upset, but it does come back around. That being said, I really feel like there's a lot left on the table with a lot of these characters. People are already talking about a Cobb Vanth spinoff. I don't think there's enough there to have that. I think he's a good side character. And I think he needs more screen time. But I, I certainly see, agree. I could totally see a, a Cobb Vanth
2: miniseries of some kind. I could totally see that. You think so? Um, I think that people imagine a miniseries for every character. I mean, there's talk about a, a Cara Dune spinoff as well. There's yeah. people say that about everything just because Disney has teased everything.
1: I'll hold out so, for the Frog yeah. Lady spin off. So
2: but i mean, very I, I, I I'm I'm bored of the of the this narrative framework that they're using right now. I'm, I'm bored of him showing up at places because the second episode is the same thing. Yeah. The second episode is, is basically the same thing. He needs help from somebody. They need something from him. He'll do it in exchange for it. And that's what they do. And he fights a monster mm-hmm. and that's it. And then he moves on. And I, I'm tired of seeing that. Like, yeah. Because I feel like we've seen it. We saw it a lot in season one, which, you know, it gets a pass for that in season one. Mm-hmm. But now we're in season two and we've, said we've had two straight episodes of it. Yeah. Um, and it's not as if the second episode is even bad. It's it's still good. It's just I'm getting fatigued of seeing the same sort of thing.
1: Did you ever and finish this Rebels?
2: Was a lot of, this one was this one was leaned heavily on humor, mm-hmm. which I guess I would expect because it's directed by Peyton Reed. Mm-hmm. Uh, did Ant-Man and, you know, stuff like that. So I right. expect it to be a little sort of more lean more on on humor than anything else, and it does. Uh the child is is a uh, is driving the action through his childish
1: action. That shit was disturbing. I'm going to be honest. When you, when mm-hmm. you anthropomorphize a frog and you have the child eating that frog's kids, it's a little disturbing. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, yeah I, I, <laughs> I was
2: disturbed but I was disturbed by how casual it was that he was just popping them in his mouth. Yeah. But that, there, but that there was no reaction about how kind of horrifying it is. Yeah. Uh, and the, the mother didn't seem to have that much of a reaction either.
1: She didn't seem to also, notice.
2: Which, which also bothered me. She did notice at one point because she, she rests and she like wraps her arms around it, like looking right at him. Yeah. Well, I so I she, she yeah, okay. realize yeah. that it's happening, but there's not much of a reaction to the fact that this thing is just popping, popping her kids in, into, into his mouth. Like it ain't nothing. And, and not just your kids, the them. last
1: of her bloodline. <laughs> the,
2: it's right. The last of her bloodline. She doesn't seem to be that concerned. I mean, the episode ends literally on him popping one, another one into his mouth. Uh-huh. I mean, so, I mean, it's just, and I was like, I don't know how we're supposed to take it. I think that's my sort of my thing. Like the in terms of tone, am I supposed to take that as as seriously as it probably deserves to be? <laughs> but then yeah. I also feel like I also feel like we're not going to see that character again. So I'm like, or should I just kind of leave it alone? And be like, whatever.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like I think that's going what it to is. Be some
2: sort of payoff to the way that the child is eating everything right now. Like, I feel like there's going to be something that comes across, that comes out of this, because the child was eating everything.
1: Yeah. You can hope yes, so, but know. I mean, it can also be just another one of those kid cliches. Like, kids put everything in their mouth. That's what he's doing. It totally and, is. Yeah. It
2: totally is. Yeah. The child is, 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 like, nearing terrible twos range or something like that. And it's just, right. you know, being very infantile right now. And they're playing up the infantile aspect, like, in terms of, like, the way the child sounds, it's, mm-hmm. the sounds it's making.
1: You it's see gibbering more, more, yeah.
2: Yeah, sounding much more babyish than, than it ever has before. So they're yep. playing into that aspect of it. I'm just—I I need to see what happens when it leaves, sort of the comfort of this this type of episode. Right. And that's what I need to see for the rest of the season. I don't need to see this anymore. I need to see them doing something else.
1: Yeah, I—I um, I, I do have to give the makeup, hair, and makeup department for taking uh, Amy Sidaris, who is not an unattractive woman both episodes yeah yeah she's
2: that character that character is great
1: she's awesome um and i and i do love that character now did you ever finish rebels did you watch rebels all the way through oh yeah i watched all of them so that is one thing that i really do like and it's almost something that they could lean too far into and start to shoot themselves in the foot but maybe not and that's that's reference you know the the reference constant referencing to other things um, you know the, the Star Wars galaxy is huge, but you know there are things that we've seen in other formats that we have only seen there. The ice spiders that are the the uh, antagonists for the uh, all of Episode two. are uh, these giant tarantula ice spider looking things uh, that they're were like in xenomorphs. Rebels. Like xenomorphs. Yeah, yeah, xenomorphs. Yeah, they're kind of like xenomorphs too. Um, you know, you got that, and then you've got Amy Sedaris' character. Obviously, is a continuing narrative. Um, you've got these little bits and pieces. Uh, you know the whole reason that he's saved in episode two is because of a good thing he did previously, um, you know, on the the prison break episode from season one. So there is a trailing narrative through all of this stuff, but it's just it's little bits here and there. There's no solid line other than him and the kid and where they're the, going. The
2: appearance by the rebels in this episode, I really did like though. Yeah, because I feel like was we haven't really seen them like they, like we're seeing. This The thing that I love about this show and that I really like about these first two episodes is that it's shown us perspectives of things that we didn't normally get. Mm-hmm. So in the first episode, we see the destruction of the Death Star from this little tiny town mm-hmm. that has basically stayed out of the fight. Right. You know what I mean? like It's it's kind of like what we saw in in um in, uh The Last Jedi, where we got to see the perspective of those who were poor. Mm-hmm. You know who? How the wars affect how the war has affected them. Like we got to right. taste of that in that. It's kind of a continuation of that, and that's something I, I really respect. So the first episode, we see like this from this little this little mining town, how the war affects them, mm-hmm. and then in this one, uh, we kind of get this, kind of get a little bit of the same thing. Yeah. So I, I I like it when they do stuff like that because it shows me a part of Star Wars that we've that it's always hinted at, but that we don't really get.
1: Yeah. It also hammers home stuff that you'd think would be obvious, but you kind of need it to be hammered home. And that's, you know, for the little guy, for someone that's not named Skywalker. Is there a noticeable difference? These
2: wars being fought for—that's what I mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yes. is there so a noticeable the difference? These wars are going on. is for these people but the movies never show them. <laughs> exactly. The, and, movie, the original trilogy never shows those people.
1: <laughs> and you don't know if things are better under the New Republic or not. I mean, you assume they are, but you don't really know. And there's, there's a really subtle way of, of showing you that. Like Mando's um, uh, pulled over, I guess you can say, by two X-Wings from the New Republic. And whereas it's been established that the TIE fighters will say, pull over and then start shooting. You know, these guys are literally going to like, come on, we don't want to shoot you down, but we're gonna to have to. Yeah. You know, there you can tell that there's more humanity in it, that it, it is a better <laughs> yeah. uh, situation for everybody. It's pretty funny. Yeah.
2: All right. Moving on. So we both like the first couple of episodes of the Sounds
1: Man, like right? it, they, yeah. They, they, well they not they so, need, so much the second, need, I guess.
2: They need to improve uh, uh,
1: uh, Oh one thing I did want to ask you, what's your what would your preference be if you had to choose weekly like they're doing or all in one shot? The weekly releases are killing me, but I know it's going to make me enjoy it for that much longer. Because if you watch it all in one night, you got to wait that much longer until you get the next season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would almost rather just have them all. Yeah. Um, because to me, they, they feel like they're all part of like one giant story anyway.
1: These I more than I'd most rather, series, yeah.
2: I'd rather just be able to knock them all out and then like write one thing about the entire season.
1: yeah well see you're looking at from a writer's perspective not rather than eight or nine
2: episodes no but i think i think they'd be this this is one show that'd be better if i could just knock them all
1: out yeah Um, because i and this is really the kind of show that really lends to binge viewing where you know a lot of the series that come out now that they've made for binge watching people it's not something you want to watch or need to watch like that but this is the kind of show that i could see people watching for nine hours straight but so on to less uh, fun conversations, um, and I know we're probably just talking about the business aspect, but I, I kind of feel we need to address the, the gossipy aspect of this as well. Johnny Depp uh, has been asked to resign from his spot as Gellert Grindelwald in the Fantastic Beasts um, franchise. Something that you know probably been stirring for quite some time. Yeah,
2: It's probably the big, at least, uh, biggest news of the week in terms of like what's affecting franchises, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Depp being uh, asked for a move, let's, uh, asked to resign. Let's, let's be honest. He was fired and then gave him the option of, of resigning because they didn't want to, <laughs> in order to help him, Yeah, um, basically, is, is what happened. Um, and I've been saying that this was going to happen for a while.
0: Mm-hmm
2: If the second movie made a billion dollars, I think they would find a way to keep it.
1: Yeah, it's not My like it was thing. a hit. Right. You know. My
2: thing has always been, and I've been saying it since the since the movie came out. Actually, mm-hmm. since before the movie came out, I said how I've been saying I'm like, how is the fact that Johnny uh, that Johnny Depp is persona non grata gonna hurt this movie? That's what I've been saying, and then it did because the first movie he showed up out of nowhere, so nobody knew that he was in it.
1: Yeah, it was Colin uh, Farrell before.
2: Right, somebody it nobody knew was in it, the movie did did well. Second movie, he was heavily promoted, and the movie did 150 million dollars worse. And I was like, that's not a coincidence, y'all. That's a, that people don't like Johnny Depp. They don't. They haven't liked him for a long time, other than Pirates mm-hmm. of the Caribbean. But then you throw in the whole uh, domestic abuse thing with Amber Heard, and his his public persona is garbage. Yeah, and people aren't gonna aren't gonna support it. And sure enough, people didn't support the movie. It was a bad movie, too. Like, the second one is, is almost unwatchable. Yeah. But, but it's but it's mainly him that people didn't want to go and pay for it. So I've been looking for, like, when are they going to recast that role? Like, when are they going to do it? Like, they're going to find a way. And they'll just make an excuse, and they'll just say, oh, well, Grendelwald is just changing his form again, like he did in the first
1: movie. That's yeah, I thought they would do. I don't know that it's really Johnny Depp, though, because, I mean, I see what you're saying, and it, it's it's not a coincidence. He has It has to have some aspect to it, but also, you know, the first one was the first movie off of Harry Potter. They had a lot of buzz to it. People were going that opening weekend because they wanted more Harry Potter, and people were pretty disappointed in Fantastic Beasts, so it's not surprising that its follow-up did worse. I'm not saying it helped, but my big thing with this is, I, you know, I'll preface this by saying I in all of the issues in the world, domestic abuse, you know, hitting a woman is is something that is completely off the table for me. It's it's one of the most disgusting things next to hitting a child, uh, in my opinion. But that being said, I it, it feels like he's getting treated a little bit unfairly here, especially when Amber Heard is still working and she's been documented and is on tape also doing the abusing. Um, you know, the the sexism. That's happening here, where he's losing these big jobs, and she's going on, um, you know, with whatever career she has. Um, it, it seems a little unfair to me. And and you see stuff like I one of the one of the pictures I put up in this slideshow shows the reason why. And that's um, let me see if it's going to come up here. I, I should I shouldn't put it in a slideshow. I should have just played it. But essentially, um, uh, one of the I think it was the Examiner or um, the Village Voice, maybe one of the two put up uh, Johnny Depp uh, confirmed wife beater taken off of Fantastic Beasts. And that's not really fair. I mean, n- number one, I was looking for, I try to do research before I, I speak out like this. I don't know if there have been other accusations outside of Amber Heard. If there have been, I haven't seen them. They certainly could be, and maybe I'm completely wrong. But in their situation, it seems to be more like two kind of shitty people that were really shouldn't have been together and uh, both got violent towards each other.
2: Well, the problem is... He lost the libel suit. <laughs> that's, Fair enough. That's, yeah. Well, that's that. That's why this. That's that's why this is happening now. Right. right? Because he he sued for libel because uh, 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 I can't remember. I if it was the UK son. It uh, may have been the UK son that's, that that mm-hmm. called him a wife a wife beater. Mm-hmm. And he sued them for libel, and he lost because mm-hmm. they were able to prove that he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can't lose a libel suit if they prove it. So I mean, you, I mean, you can't win a libel suit if they prove it. you're they were they weren't being libelous yeah and that was like the final nail
1: yeah I, I get like, it I just it's one of those things so I don't think you're, is when fair you're,
2: when are asking why Amber Heard is still sticking around this is part of the reason yeah um, so and that's just kind of what it is it, it sucks Fantastic Beasts has his own other all sorts of problems right now JK Rowling too who won't shut her own mouth up
1: Um yeah I thought she was like a, a um... saying things a flag bearer for the for the uh, oppressed. I mean, where all of a sudden she's uh, she's like, I love everybody, but screw these people in particular. Yeah. yeah, you
2: you would think. I think she just has woeful understanding of how people are. I think she has like a broad idea of what she thinks people are, but no no like no actual experience with who these people are. Oh well yeah well I mean for
1: for all of her rags to riches, I came from the gutter, look where I'm at now, she is completely out of touch with, with yeah, people touch. in general. But
2: I think that's the big that's the biggest thing. She's out of touch and she doesn't she doesn't seem to realize she's out of touch. Yeah. Which is the worst, which is the worst. So and she's gonna keep talking as you know how we talk about mansplaining? Yeah. She's like doing that version of that with like trans people. Yeah. And it's like what do you know? She's <laughs> so like, she's train
1: spotting, if you will.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so it's it's pretty it's, a, it's it sucks for for Depp. I don't I don't know where his his career rebounds to because he, it's not as if he stopped working. He's still made movies. Yeah. It, it, but honestly, most of them don't get seen anymore. Like they just don't get seen. He's just he's fallen off the map. And if he's no longer involved with Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't know where he. I don't know where he comes back
1: yeah um, so i mean i do might be a while he i might have to be he might have to go away
2: for a while and then like surprise us with like a a, a role that comes up out of nowhere or something it which is have... basically
1: what happened with pirates of the caribbean you know he was he was falling down fast when he became jack sparrow i mean uh the the ninth window or ninth circle was his last movie before that and and he had not had a solid hit and, and his his public image was dropping but you know he i've always got a soft spot you know uh personal reasons but anybody that goes out of their way to help kids in like hospitals and stuff like that i always got a soft spot for and every time i read a story about this guy who carries around his jack sparrow costume just in case he's at a hospital just in case some kid wants to see him you know it's a very small part of somebody's personality i understand and there's a lot of other things that go into it but i kind of want to root for the guy and maybe you know he is the most out there actor there is so he maybe he'll pull something
2: go out there and help all the kids that he wants
1: which is let's, he can because he's got more money than god
2: let's see if he does it when he doesn't have Jack Sparrow to do it as,
1: yeah, yeah, that's fair yeah. enough. Um, <laughs> on to more fun I mean, news. I'm not, to, I'm
2: not trying to rain on your on your impression of the guy, but I, you know when stuff like this happens when people are, are at their height, which, mm-hmm. which Jack Sparrow was him at his, at the height of his career. Yeah, when people are at their height and they go out of their way to help people, I'm like I'm always a little skeptical because I want to see what you do when you're not at
1: your height. And when you're, True, but there are people that, that are at their, the 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 key term in there is go out of their way. There there are plenty of people at their height who don't lift a finger for anybody else. So even the fact that somebody's going to go out of their way in any form to help anybody other than themselves, unfortunately, in today's world, to me, that seems like something that sets them apart a little bit. But he's
2: not going to help anybody. But okay, anyway, <laughs> let's go. Uh, so the next, <laughs> agree to disagree. <laughs> I digress. You already, already know he's not. He's not going to uh, anyway. <laughs>
1: Edward Scissorhands is making a comeback. <laughs> so this, right, so we're running, we're My Spy. Here, and I actually yeah. do
2: have to go soon. So let's, let's, let's talk about uh, the, the biggest streaming hits of 2020 real fast.
1: Yep. My Spy, Dave Bautista. My Spy
2: is num- number three on the list of things. So, so first of all, let's, 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 let's talk about the fact that the pandemic has been really great. <laughs> for Like one group of people, one group, yeah, stream, Some streaming subscription services mm-hmm. like Netflix, Apple, you know, Amazon, Hulu. It's been really great for them.
1: Uh, well, we, all, most of them. Quibi, oh, not most, so much.
2: Well, unless, you're, unless you're Quibi. But yeah. Quibi, was, Quibi was dumb. Um, anyway, um, it's been great for them because people have nothing to do but sit at home and look for things to watch. Right, can go anywhere. And we've talked about it before that Netflix sort of became like a home for summer blockbusters this year because we didn't have blockbusters to go to. That's mm-hmm. um, so where you got your blockbuster fix from was from Netflix.
1: The old guard. Um, yeah. Extraction you know,
2: things like that. Extraction. So. There so. Um, so. The, uh, now this sampling of of the way this this was done, this whole thing, was whole who which shows are watched the most, which movies are watched the most. It's a survey of 1,200 U.S. video viewers ages 13 to 64 weekly and which titles they've watched in the 7 days following their release. That's how this thing was done. So take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. There's no legit numbers attached to this.
1: Right. And just if I can interrupt for a second, if you guys want to follow along or if you want to look at the list um or you know read up about it uh, separately, it is on punchdrunkcritics.com. Uh Travis posted on November the 5th. So go ahead and check it out if you search if you go to pun- www.punchdrunkcritics.com. And just do a search for streaming or a search for My Spy, Hamilton, any of those shows that are included in the list, it will pop up for you.
2: Right. So there's some they are they're interested. The, the top two are not interesting at all. So number one is Hamilton, of course. Obviously. Right? Yeah. Hamilton was the biggest the biggest thing, like a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Number two was Borat, subsequent movie film. That's not a surprise either. Both of those are huge, gigantic movies. Um, and fairly recent, especially Borat, which is only a few weeks old. Um, number three though was the one that really struck me, and it was My Spy. Uh, mm. My Spy is the number three most watched uh, S VOD release for 2020 so far. Um, My Spy, completely charming film. I really liked it, um, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised because it, you know it's a family friendly film with a big star, Dave Bautista. Yeah, but at the same time, it's beating stuff like Mulan.
1: That's where the know, surprise comes and- in, yeah.
2: Yeah, and like Enola Holmes, which has been praised up and down, and *The Five Bloods*, which has got Oscar Oscar aspirations, you know, and *Artemis Fowl*, which is a movie that Disney put a lot into. It's uh, my spy is beating all of these. I mean, *The
1: Five Bloods* and is down I at sixteen be,
2: on the list. When they finally do the sequel, because they're going to, um, yeah. they just will. They're going to look at this and be like, "Well, now we've got our reason."
1: Well, uh, you know, you know what it is <laughs> is it's it all comes down to rewatchability. I mean, it really speaks to Hamilton is is surprisingly rewatchable for a three-hour performance, three-plus-hour performance. Borat, this speaks to how many people actually watched it because if you're looking at these streaming numbers again, these are with a grain of salt. Nobody's watching Borat more than twice. It's not a what movie you rewatch over and over again. But My Spy, if there's one thing I've learned in my six years as a parent, is that kids do not need something new. They can watch the same shit repeatedly like literally one after another and then my spy is the type of movie that a parent you know has no problem sitting down and then the middle kids um you know the youngest kids can watch it, the middle it's a true family film where everybody can watch it uh and then if you run when it came out there weren't a ton if you look at the surrounding weekends there wasn't a ton of other movies and it was right at the height of the quarantine so people were just watching it over and over. a lot of those are rewatches i guarantee it yeah yeah you know, phineas and ferb the next on the list speaks to that same phenomenon
2: yeah uh it's a pretty extensive list it goes all the way down to the top 30 and there's yeah. some really interesting choices on here palm springs is down to 26 palm springs is i think one of the 10 best movies of the year um it's fantastic the devil all the time which has that terrific a-list cast mm-hmm. um i think one of the things you'll notice from this too is that a lot of movies with star power um really are attracting people yeah um, Which which goes back to what we were talking about with uh, Let Him Go—that movies with star power are kind of making a comeback again.
1: Well, I think that's Um, streaming as well because I mean, think about like if somebody's going to spend money and go to a movie theater, they're gonna want to know it's a good movie. But if you're sitting on your couch, and you see, oh look, Mark Wahlberg's in this, or oh look, um, you know Dave Bautista's in this, you're more likely to click. So I think, I think the return of the movie star might be something we see happening with with VOD um, as we keep moving towards that. Absolutely.
2: So interesting message go and check it out at punchdrunkcritics.com.
1: Yeah, Trials um, Chicago 7 made the top 10 as well. It's
2: Yeah, that's another one that's going to be it's got Oscar hopes too, so.
1: And yeah, I really yeah, thought Project my, Power would have done better. As well. well, now I'm now I'm all kinds of um, you know, wh- one of the most surprising ones is Holiday, which just came out a week ago, was, it made the top 30. Yeah, um,
2: a lot of people, you know, well, you know there's a reason for that. It's it's uh
1: Emma Roberts.
2: I'll watch it. Yeah.
1: Too. i you know she's grown on me she really she's grown on me a lot and and she's i'm a on, fan she's on the list yeah
2: <laughs> she has made the list there anyway uh as we it's about time for us to wrap up
1: yeah man you got things to do we've covered everything we are at 59 minutes and 58 seconds so we've got oh, oh, yeah. we're done see you later <laughs> So that's right. been fun. Let's switch over to our closing uh, line here. Uh, again, we are the Punch Drunk Critics. This has been Cinema Royale. You can check us out right there. What the site says, www.punchdrunkcritics.com. We'll be there every day uh, with all the new content that's come coming out. Make sure you also follow us on Twitter. Uh, the site Twitter handle is pdc, at PDCmovies. Uh, Travis is at Punchy Critic. I am at Uh If you are on Twitch, and we know most of you are. You huh? What was your last tweet? Um, Happy New Year 2012, I think, was it? <laughs> I still put it you out there. You, said, you
2: could have just said Happy New Year, and it would have
1: been enough. You yeah, well, I, I had to say 2012, so you <laughs> know how we're long the, it had been. since
2: at the since, end of
1: this year. <laughs> I needed you to know how long it had been since I tweeted. Hey, I retweet stuff. Um, on Twitch, Travis is at cinematic underscore enforcer, so make sure to go and uh, follow him. Uh, one thing I need to add to this, guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, I hate saying this because I sound like a cliched YouTuber, but... Please like and subscribe, like below and subscribe to all of our latest videos. You'll get all the midweek stuff, all the interviews Travis does, everything uh, right to your inbox. So check that out. And if you have any tips or questions, if you want to try your hand at writing for us, if you know something about the industry that you want to get out there, anything at all, if you just want to tell me I suck, uh, info at punchdrunkcritics.com is the email address. Please shoot us an email anytime. Um, You know what? I hate to end on a sad note. Oh, shit. What happened? Alex Trebek just passed away. Oh, Jesus. Are you serious?
2: Yeah, just now. Just we got
1: to go back to the two-shot for that. Well, I thought he was getting but, better.
2: I don't know. I just read it just now. so
1: You know, 2020, sad? we couldn't sad have a way to
2: end, sad way to fucking end week
1: book, uh. of good news. We had to have good news followed by horrible news. Yeah.
2: That sucks. Sad way to go. No. All
1: right. All right, Bye, guys. Check us out. Until next week, we're out of here. We are the Punch Front Critics, and we are gone